Hello, my name is Taina Evans, and we're here at Midwood High School 75th anniversary or reunion uh, for the Our Streets, Our Story Oral History Project, and I'm here with Harold Geller. Yeah. Good morning, Howard. Well, how about Harold. Harold, how about you uh, begin by telling us your Brooklyn story? <clears throat> Sorry, I got to get the date right here. It's the 15th. Yeah, today's October 15th. Okay. See, my Brooklyn story really goes back a long, long ways, uh, as I'd mentioned to you. Uh, my father was born and raised in Brooklyn, and in fact, he grew up on a farm. My grandparents had a farm in Brooklyn. Uh, the address was technically on Sheffield Avenue, but it was bounded by Pennsylvania Avenue and Flatlands Avenue. And in fact, uh, there is a picture of that farm in the public library archives that I discovered a few months ago. You put a new uh, old nyc.org online and you can search for pictures based upon geographic location. And I found my grandparents' farm pictured in a number of them. And one picture actually has, I believe my father. Now my father and my uncle kind of looked alike, excuse, but, um, but, but they really did, and you can't quite magnify it, but I spoke to my cousin, and it's not likely that it was her father, so it probably was my father. And that's a picture from 1934, and again, it is in the Public Library archives. Now, I have a picture from the farm that goes back a little further, 1929, and I'm willing to share that with you guys, too. It's not a problem. So if you... Um, I think I wrote my email there, you guys email me, and that'll be fine. So really, our history in Brooklyn goes way, way back. Uh, again, you were surprised to hear that there were farms out there in that area. So what, um, what led you to the high school? How did, from the farm to high school, did you grow up? <clears throat> I, I actually grew up on Flatlands Avenue. Uh, literally two weeks after I was born, my parents had bought a house on Flatlands Avenue, a uh, row house, and we moved in July 1st, 1954. So, uh, and that's where I was born and raised, and that is just at the edge of the Midwood High School District. And in fact, his father, my oldest brother, and my middle brother, and I all went here to Midwood High School. So we got a lot of memories here. It and goes back. Did you um, participate in some of the school events? Or, um... Oh, I have. Oh, actually, well, it's better. I brought my yearbook, and that has uh, pictures. I was, uh, uh, you'll excuse the expression, more of a geek. I guess I still am. I'm a college professor, so uh, still a geek. But, um, for example, one of my jobs here was actually delivering the New York Times. Uh, I think I did that for two years, at least, the New York Times. And they actually have a picture of me as the newspaper commissioner, I was called, <laughs> for the uh, Midwood High School. And you graduated and in the class of? 1971. Yeah, Midwood High, 1971. Uh, my brother Alan graduated Midwood High School, 1967, and Jason's father, Richard, graduated in 1963 here at Midwood High. You can barely see me, oh, but there I was. That's, that's my head. 
and you see, um, so, you know, newspaper commissioner was my uh, title. I also worked in the English department, and I have many fond memories of the uh, uh, English department people and the science people. Harold Dorff was a um, chemistry teacher, and I still remember the poetry that he used to give us. Once a week, he had written a poem about chemistry, and it was really great. And Ed Lewis was my physics teacher, and I went on. I'm, I was even associate chair of the Department of Physics and Astronomy at George Mason University for a couple of years. I'm now the observatory director at George Mason University. I designed, funded, and uh, procured the uh, Astronomical Observatory at the university. So, a lot of uh, history. That is some background noise, let's close that. Sorry, but that was disturbing me. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. Background noise can be disturbing. So there, there's a lot of memories that I have of uh, Midwood High School, and I'll even uh, throw on something that I still remember. You know, I was here during the, uh, even though it was more of the end of the Vietnam War era, and I remember protests out here and the like. Oh yeah, right up. Right on Bedford Avenue, there was students protesting the war. And then we had debates about, you know, well, is that the right thing to do? Or, so, um, I never wanted to miss class, so I even, uh, to be honest, I didn't join the protest because I wanted to go to my physics lab and <laughs> stuff. I was uh, that kind of person. Uh, here they have the library. I remember that. Oh, that's awesome. It's not, it's not in the same place anymore. Where are the English? Um, in fact, I got a special, I got a medal. Someday I may find it. The English department was uh, rather pleased with all that I did for them. And at graduation, I was actually awarded a medal, a Midwood High School medal. Uh, I know the Alumni Association asked if anybody has any of that paraphernalia. I can't find it. I have all the materials from my time here and also his father's and even my other brother's. So it's hard. I have a basement full of boxes. Jason knows about that. <laughs> his dad had a room full of boxes too. Oh, here's things. You can see that so many of them signed because they all knew me well in what I did for the English department. All over. I'm in love with his style. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. As far as oh, a uh, memory that I have and something that stays with me is uh, Mrs. Bennett, and she actually, his father had Mrs. Bennett for social studies, and I did as well. Dora Bennett. Okay. She w I I must admit that when I was here and had her, I didn't like her as she was probably one of the toughest teachers and she gave a lot of work and everything. But now that I look back on it, as a college professor myself, I learned more from her probably than anyone else at this high school as a teacher. She was incredible and uh, really not just history, but life lessons as well. 
And I know that his father also remembers Mrs. Bennett, although he too remembers her as being really tough, really did a lot of work, but it made a difference to us in the end. And uh, there are things I learned from her in history that I still have to tell the kids today. They don't learn it the same way. Because at this point, we lived some of it. His father had marched on Washington and was, yeah. Yeah, for civil rights. <clears throat> so any, and he was, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was um, going to say any lasting uh, thoughts that you want to touch on for um, future generations, maybe a, a lesson or... Yeah, I'm afraid one life lesson, and I talk about this in my classes, is the uh, students today, I don't think have it as good as we do just because of their electronic connection and they're not human connection. And um, it's, it's just, uh, it makes a difference, I believe. It really does. They don't talk to one another. I've seen some of my own students in our cafeteria going eating lunch together. They don't even talk to one another. They're looking at their smartphone and texting and things like that. And it was more, as you see, with all the people, it was more like a family. We, you know, knew one another, worked together, helped one another. Uh, it really was family, and it's not the same. And I used the lesson, if you want a book, that I like to uh, quote about that. Um, I'm sorry, I forget the author, but it's called The Last Angry Man. It's about a... It's a fiction, but it's based upon a true story about a doctor in Brooklyn. In fact, a doctor in Brooklyn, not far from where my grandparents' farm was, in a way. So that, yeah, yeah. East New York, which became, you know, uh, very different. And he was, uh, again, it's too bad. It, the, um, this, this guy novelized it instead of telling it. But it's a, based upon a true story of a doctor in Brooklyn called The Last Angry Man because he saw it even in his day in the 50s that things were changing and people were getting less friendly and less personal. You know, a great story to me of growing up in Brooklyn as a neighborhood is we used to play stickball, even his dad would play stickball on East 45th Street, you know. And um, then it was dinner time and my mom would just call one of the women who lived on 45th and she'd open the door and yell out, hey, Gellar boys, you got to go back home. Your dinner's ready and go. That was kind of a thing. And you talk about police, big difference. We, we knew that the cop on the beat, he lived in our neighborhood. He was there. Uh, naturally, in those days, it was an Irish cop. He wasn't Irish. But I knew his son. I played with his son, played with the family. They knew us. It wasn't some detached, you know, something else. They, you know, he grew up. Not he, grew, I mean his son grew up. But the cop on the beat, his family lived there, grew up. You know, his kids grew up with us. So there was no uh, hostility like there is now. Where they live somewhere completely else and then do this. It's, that's one of the things I remember about Brooklyn. And that's very well highlighted in the, um, the Last Angry Man. 
I guess the TV show that I always think about when I think about Brooklyn is Welcome Back, Cotter. Have you seen that? I know it's an old... Oh, you haven't even seen it. Sorry, taking you back to the no, old, old days. It's available on DVD. Oh, it is. You see Welcome Back, Cotter. That, to me, is kind of... Reminds me of even my days here at Midwood High School. And also, I'll say something else. Um which you don't see today, which I think is also a problem, me being a professor, um, and also working with teachers at the K-12 level. Whenever a student's a problem today, they just suspend them or expel them. I don't see where that's helping them. And they, you know, so they'll continue to do things so that they do get suspended or expelled. They don't care about school. When I was going to school, here at Midwood even, you know, in my, talking about social studies, I can't remember which one I had for social studies at that, in that particular one. I think, I remember him, oh, gee, I wonder why I can't think of his name, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is the English department, it was social studies, what an idiot. Oh, that's it, Martin Olavecki. I had him, he was chairman. I had him. Oh, and here's Howard Greenberg, I did have him. He was, that's right, he was listed on the wall, sorry. Martin Elvicki. And in his history class, mm -hmm. I still remember to this day, there was a student who, because he had failed history, he was still in history. He was going to turn. He was going to, he did, you know, eventually be pushed out. But when he turned 21, he didn't, you know, if he didn't pass history, he had to retake it and retake it and retake it. And the kids who were bad, they weren't suspended or expelled. They had to stay late at school. Different approach. And I think it works better because the kids also can learn. And also, they learn, gee, if I do something bad here, I got to stay late. Why suspend the kid? Then he's totally lost to the system. You think about that. 